As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. David, thanks so much for joining me today. Really excited to have you on today. Uh, for those that don't know, can you give me just a quick little intro of who you are and what you're about? Uh, Andrew, thanks for having me. Yeah, my passion and my life's work in the last 20 years really has been around strategic relationships. How do we become more intentional? How do we become more strategic? How do we become more quantifiable in the relationships we choose to invest in? Everybody still thinks of them as soft skills. I think we've proven, A, they're not that soft, and B, they're not that easy. So as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, I, I believe it's your biggest asset, and it's your fundamentally sustainable differentiator. So how do we start to think about it as an enabler of getting more done, really thinking and leading very differently on the other side of this pandemic, attracting great talent to your business, and thinking differently about your business model. I can tie relationships back to every one of those. And that's what I've done globally. That's what I do through my books, writing, coaching, teaching. That's awesome. Where do you start? Like what's the starting point when you're going in and analyzing a, a new business or a new client? Like what, what, what does that initial, I guess, onboarding or uh, you know, assessment look like? Sure. So uh, glad you asked. Great question. I, the entire first chapter of my book, Relationship Economics, is the top 10 reasons why most networking doesn't work. There's no purpose. There's no goal. There's no plan. So you got to think of relationships as an enabler. So I always start, and Covey says the same thing, start with the end in mind. Let's work our way backwards. Why do you believe you need to build relationships? Let's just say I want more clients. Great. Now let's talk about what that ideal relationship profile looks like, then I always come back to practical, pragmatic ways of addressing it. So let's make a list of your top 100 existing relationships and how could they lead to lookalikes, others that could be a viable fit for what you're trying to do. That's great. I think sometimes it's hard for a especially if they're very connected and they've maybe not an early stage entrepreneur, but uh, an executive or a founder that's been in business for 10 plus years and they have this huge network, but they don't know how to access it or tap into it. Like you're saying, they don't know 
um, you know, they don't know maybe the best way to leverage and what those levers are that they can even tap into within their network. Uh, do you have tools or, or, or ways you recommend for them to start digging under their network and really kind of understanding and Absolutely. LinkedIn, you know, I mean, you have 10,000 connections, your, your phone book could have another 10,000, your email, another, and then you're not able to, like you say, quantify, you can't, uh, you can't truly understand who's in that, in that database that you've, you've, you've collected for so long. You're exactly right. So we've got three challenges. One, uh, don't confuse uh, quantity with quality, right? Your 10,000 connections on LinkedIn is the classic 80, 20, right? Andrew, you know, 200 of those are the most valuable ones. The challenge is you may or may not know which ones, right? So one, don't confuse the two. Two, garbage in, garbage stays. We collect a lot of contacts. We never go back and clean them up. We never go back and update them. Uh, and I, do, I put on a class, a, a training development session, and one of the things we do is we actually print out your contacts and bring them with you. And I kid you not, in one of the classes, somebody looked at the list and said, I don't think that person's still alive. So if we don't update our contacts, you should have no expectation of them producing the results. Number three, we confuse busy work with moving a relationship along a value continuum. So your touches are great, but think of that as relationship creation, right? Pre-pandemic would have coffee, would have lunch, would meet a lot of people. Again, useful, but that's the relationship creation. You're going to struggle unless you find a way to bridge that to relationship capitalization. So what I'd recommend is make a list. Make a list of your top 100 business relationships that are most relevant, that you may or may have not touched base with lately. And for your audience, use this relic. We used to have this thing called a telephone, right? It might be useful to revisit it and just pick up the phone. Don't sell anything. Don't just touch base. Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I've done a terrible job staying in touch. How you doing? What are you doing? How are you thinking differently about your business in the post-pandemic world? And what can I do to help? And it's amazing, Andrew, if you have those kinds of conversations, what will come out of, huh, A, good to hear from you. B, glad you called. C, here's what I'm doing. By the way, D, what are you doing? And it's a great chance to kind of exchange that value, exchange that connection, and become, become a, a connector, become a purveyor of what I call relationships. I try to connect seekers and solvers. So I talk to you and you tell me something you're struggling with. I talk to Susan next, who's figured out something you're struggling with, but she needs something else. The challenge is the two of you don't know each other. I'm the connection. So if I put the two of you together, I've invested in both relationships. And by the way, most people are going to remember in this case, nor, yeah, I, you know, brought Susan and I together and we solved that problem and, right, and most people are going to ask, that was very kind of you, what can I do to help? And that's a great way to kind of get this engine moving of turning your everyday contacts into value-based relationships. The, the book is escaping me, I can't remember, but they talk about Mavens, is it Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, he talked about that. Adam Grant also talks about givers, takers, right? That's his one. Mine is called Relationship Economics. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, Co-Create. And the one that's coming out is called Curve Benders. The, the common thread on all these is that your relationships is your biggest asset and often the most unrecognized, underdeveloped.
Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you have 11 other books. You have 11 books in total, don't you? That's correct. So Curvebenders is coming out actually this month is book number 11. Uh, and you, you and your audience would be delighted to hear I'm not writing Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm never going to get wealthy selling books. You know, <laughs> books become a great way to capture exactly what you and I've talked about. Challenges with something that everybody understands. Everybody that I've met in 20 years of my business understands that relationships are important. Very few people, Andrew, understand their significance. And I capture steps, processes, best practices. Here's how to connect the dots between what I call your now, where you are now, how your business is going now, what's working for you now, what's not working for you, to your next. What do you want to change? What do you want to evolve? That, that gap, I believe relationships can accelerate you solving, but also addressing and potentially uncovering some great net new opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue. Uh, I've built my career on being able to, uh, well, there's a, there's a huge discussion always happening in the startup and, and entrepreneur circle, and that's about distribution. Distribution's the, the, the key component. Uh, because you can build an amazing product, even a product customers love, but if nobody knows about you, it doesn't matter anymore. So distribution becomes key. I built a, a very successful career leveraging distribution through associated branding, partnerships, and being strategic with how I go about it, either breaking into new communities that have loyal followings and strong audiences through partnerships that way, or big media companies. I mean, my, my podcast is an example of that. I'm hacking distribution by partnering with entrepreneur and then using their, their large uh, network to you know, generate more viewers and a larger audience. Um, what do you think about uh, strategic you know, new, new partnerships? So we've been talking about your existing network, but uh, what recommendations do you have and, and what's your insights on, on building new partnerships for strategic purposes, whether it's a business that wants to sell into that partner's community or uh, you know, leverage, a, like I said, a, a distribution play for an audience or any combination thereof. What are your thoughts and, and how do you go about uh, establishing those partnerships? Sure, so let me give you and your audience three. Uh, and you, you alluded some of these in your, in your comments in your description of your success. One, Andrew, there's gotta be a common mission, common vision, or a common enemy, right? Maybe a competitor or over-regulation or something, right? You gotta find that common thread that both people believe in and are, have a vested interest in solving or going after, right? Number one. Number two, you said partnership. By definition, you've got to bring something of value. I know we all want something from somebody else, but I always ask, what's in it for them? Why would they want to do this? I know you, I want to sell more of my books. So you want to distribute your product. That's great. What's in it for them? And that, that, and I've always believed everybody's favorite subject is themselves. So appealing to their logical self-interest is a really good way to create that relationship on ramp. Number three, with so much scams, with so much bad actors in all of our worlds, I think it's natural for most people to be reluctant at first. So leverage an existing, never use, but leverage an existing relationship to make a warm introduction. That kind of gets you access. You still have to earn the credibility. You still have to earn the reason to be there. But word of mouth is still one of the, you know, with all the technology, with all the amazing things we can do, that's still one of the best ways to get in the door. Number two, you, you got to do that. You got to demonstrate very quickly. People's attention span is getting shorter. 
you got to, there's value and brevity. Get to the point. What's in it for them? Why would they want to do this? How do you engage them? The third one is I believe in think big, start small, find a way to scale. Think big. That's great. Here's the, what we could do together. You don't know me. I don't know you. Why don't we start small and test something, pilot something, prototype something. Let them see the value. The challenge with relationships, you can talk about it all day long. People have to feel it. So once I feel that, yep, you're legit and you're real and your value is real and yep, we're better off because of doing this, I'm willing to do more with you. But don't assume out of the gate, I want to open up my entire relationship to someone like you or someone that I don't know, that I haven't had any experience working with. So again, I know most of your audiences may not be in the ice cream business, but if you give somebody a taste, <laughs> those who get it are going to want more. So think big, start small, then find ways to scale and really blow out that partnership so it creates an enormous win-win. Yeah, I think those are great points. I think the what's in it for them point is so overlooked, especially younger entrepreneurs. They think what they have is so valuable and, and they're just not realizing that, you know, other entrepreneurs or people they're trying to, to do business with are either busy on to, you know, building their own businesses or it's, it's just not very appealing sometimes the way things are positioned. But I think the, the best way to, to build those strategic partnerships is, is to provide all that value up front. And you said it, we're, we're all busy, right? We're all, every entrepreneur I know is pulled in you know, 10 different directions. So if I'm going to prioritize my relationship with you, I've got to deprioritize someone else. The only way I'm willing to do that, if I don't say it, they're thinking it, how are you, what value do you bring that's better, different, stronger? You're tapping into a market I'm not tapping into. You bring a different segment that I may not be going after. All of those things are less about you, more about how your relationships are better off because of you. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, David, where can people find you online and find your, your information, find your books? Sure. So Nor Group, our, my last name is N-O-U-R. So norgroup.com is our website. We have a store where you could get my stuff. We have I have a, a private community call our North Forum, which is norgroup.com slash forum. I'm fairly active on various social media channels. Again, just my name, at David Nor. But our website is probably the best place to find all that. Again, norgroup, N-O-U-R group.com. Awesome. And where can people pick up Curve Vendors from the site? Sure. And it's also available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and anywhere and everywhere else you, you get books. But it's coming out later this month. And uh, I believe Relationship Economics, Co-Create, and Curve Benders are my Star Wars trilogy. So it's coming out later this month. Nice. Can you give us just a snippet of what Curve Benders is about too? Sure. So you'd be surprised if I told you it's about cooking, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, again, my life's work has been about relationships. So Curve Benders at their essence are relationships. I started, uh, Andrew, I took a, a lens at future of work. So what will the next 10 years of my work, your work could look like? We identified 15 forces like this pandemic that could disrupt it. The only way for you to remain relevant is through personal reinvention. So you got to reinvent yourself. You got That's how you remain relevant. The best path to that reinvention or what I call nonlinear growth, the hockey stick, are a few strategic relationships are called curve vendors. So, million dollar question, who are they? Where are they? How do I find them? Probably equally as valuable, 
how do you become a curve bender in the lives of others? And that's exactly what I talk about in the book in a practical, pragmatic way. I give you steps. I give you processes. We've I researched and identified those forces that are going to disrupt your world. And just to give your audience a glimpse, can you imagine if we didn't have internet access the last year, we'd be in a bigger trouble than we are now. And most of the clients I'm talking to have figured out how to get around this pandemic. Their bigger concern is, what if the next one is a cybersecurity? What if the next one, God forbid, is a, is a natural disaster? How ready will we be? And how quickly can we assess and act? And your relationships become a huge asset in that, in that journey. Awesome. I love it. And that, that'll be uh, available when? April 27th is a pub date. It's available for pre-order now on our website, on Amazon, other places. But I'm excited. It, uh, I believe it's my best work yet. So That's awesome. The book sounds amazing and very timely. Uh, David, I really appreciate you coming on today. Last question I have for you is about impact and legacy. Um, when when you're, you're no longer here, what, what is that impact and legacy that uh, you want to leave behind? Yeah, I, I, I want to be remembered as, as the guy that made a difference, right? So, you know, I'm hoping and, and success to me as one of your audience members, here's this message, really makes the time to think about their own relationships and decides to double down on what I believe is their biggest asset, which is the relationships they have. If that makes a difference in one person's life, mine would have been worth it. Uh, and that's how I want to be remembered. The guy who cared enough to really be that flag bearer for this idea that relationships matter and they impact not just our work. Andrew, we've talked a lot about professional success. It also impacts the way we live and the way we play and the way we give and really serve others. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, like you said early on, they're probably the most valuable and most under uh, undervalued and probably overlooked asset that we, we have. So uh, relationships are, in my opinion, probably the most effective and most important part of business. And then, you know, on the personal side, obviously, without people, you, you, what do you have? So um, the relationships become instrumental to, to all things that you probably care about, to your mission, to who you are supporting, to who you, you know, enjoy life with. So um, I, I think this is a really important subject. I'm glad you're, you're the one sharing and, and being that uh, flag bearer. So it seems like uh, you've been doing this for a long time and it seems like you have some very wise words and, and great insights. I appreciate you coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.